thing that your employees might not know about you, Karen? Um, that I can share on this podcast. To introduce y'all, and then we're gonna kick it off. Okay. All right, buddy, you ready? Yeah. All right, Kay, here we go. Timeout. All right, Amanda Fowles over. Uh, taking a timeout with Karen Tayaz, Vice President of TES Staffing. And I know you have known each other for a while. And Karen, can you tell me where, where you met Amanda and what year that was? I don't know if she'll want me to tell you the real answer, but. Oh, you can tell me. You can tell it. <laughs> you can spill the tea, my friend. That's so great. I won't do that to you, girl. Um, Amanda and I worked together here at Test Staffing. Shoot, when was that, Amanda? Probably uh, 2014 to like 2017. Man, those girls were so cool back then. <laughs> but yeah, that's how we knew each other. We worked together here. Amanda is an awesome, awesome recruiter. Um, I think you came in recruiting on some some sales positions for some entry yeah. level stuff. I don't believe you had a ton of recruitment experience, but really just opened up to be an incredible professional. And I, you know, I'll take a little credit with. I I feel like we gave you a good um a good jumping off point here and you know we've been okay. in touch you are being that is not the right story what happened is that I stalked Karen and the company and I wanted to be a recruiter so I stalked her so much that somehow I was able to meet with her and the team and then I was they I don't know she just gave me a chance and um you and and the whole company just gave me the foundation I have, it's who I am is because of tests. There's no, there is no one else responsible for uh, what happened with my career, but you guys. So, so many feelings for that. <laughs> well, well, thank you. True. You're welcome. So when, when I uh, got asked for some reason, Kevin thought that I would be a good person to do this. And you were uh, literally the first and the only person. And I said, we're only doing Karen because she's hilarious. She's smart. She's, you know, she's just, she's the best. So now you're here. <laughs> I'm happy to be here. Thank you. That's a very nice intro. But we had a good run. We had a lot of laughs. Uh, in yeah. and out of the office, for yeah. sure. Yeah, we, uh, we, we maintained hot shots. We uh, <laughs> definitely paid some of their bills with our bar tabs. So most of their bills for like a year. Straight. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Well, Karen, why do you, why do you think Amanda thinks that about you? What what separates you from the rest of the pack? Uh, not only in the recruiting world, but uh, also in leadership. Oh man, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. That's a, that's a great question. I don't know how to answer that. I mean, I try to approach this as like, hey, we're a family here and I, I try to treat people the way I would want to be treated and talk to, you know, we treat people like adults and give them the latitude to do what they have to do and how they want to do it. And we, we try not to interject too much um and i think that's a big a big part of our our internal hiring process is, is to find adults and people who have a great sort of head on their shoulders and are self-directed and we let them shine you know we try to play to people's strengths and i try not to be too annoying <laughs> in that process <laughs> awesome well thank you for that karen and uh you, you mentioned you know you treat people like adults let them shine 
Uh, what do you think the number one, I don't know, key to uh, letting employees know that they're valued? Can you give us a couple of examples, specific examples of that? Yeah. So I think for us and for me specifically, I mean, I feel like in my previous professional career, I felt undervalued when I was constantly um, untrusted or asked dumb questions. And, you know, those were just kind of like head banging moments of, hey, you hired me to do a job. Let me do my thing here, right? Like, I think we give or make people feel valued by not micromanaging them and, and trusting that they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. Um, we kind of have a, a motto here of there's not a problem until there's a problem, right? So sort of give you the rope to, to do what you have to do. And I think too, like we're super open about communication. Um, whether that's like, hey, you know, we're working on this and there's a problem, the problem is X, what can we do to make it Y? Or little things like, you know, we have people here who have lives outside of work, right? And we appreciate that and let them do their thing. Like, don't tell anybody, but I don't think I've tracked anybody's PTO in like five years. Um, <laughs> just, you know, I think the world is different. And I came and my business partner, we came from a, a previous life of like very corporate, very you do this from this time to this time, this to this. And that restriction just makes people well, in our opinion, made us feel crappy and we just didn't want to have that vibe here. Um, so and there is like, like there is such a specific vibe when you walk into TES. Like when when I first started there, they had another building. We moved to a building that Karen, you literally created it. Like you and Brian, her business partner, I mean, you you made it happen. And one day um, we were, there's a big pit that we all sit in. And one day, uh, Brian Harding, who's the president walked in and he said, so I'm thinking about getting some hoverboards and just like that, but like how he came into the room, it was like really somber and we're like, oh no, what happened? And he's like, well, we need to change. Like, I think we're going to get some hoverboards and then proceeded to make us sign, sign like a waiver. Yes, waiver. <laughs> and, you know, they, they also, I think what was so great about when I worked there is you did have really, the communication was awesome. Every day they had, I don't know if you still do it, but I think like a 10 o'clock meeting of the minds where we got together and we talked about what was going on. What do we need help on? Um, what are our goals for the week? And I think that for me, it like created such a great foundation of recruiting, especially when you get into the corporate side and you're working with like so many different people that it taught me how to be like open to communicate with other people or even like take criticism or advice. And I think that it's like putting the ego up on the shelf and allowing other people to help you and kind of take your hand and guide you. And I think that's like truly working there. It just kind of changed perspective of like the, the corporate culture and how it doesn't have to be stuffy and like boring. It can be signing death waivers because you're rocketing down the hallway and you're about to crash into the wall and thank God you remembered how to stop it. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thank you for saying that. Yeah. And, you know, we've evolved to other cool things besides mm -hmm. hoverboards since. Um, 
but yeah, I think it's just creating a space where people feel like they can be who they are and they don't have to restrict like that piece of them. Like our clients are stressful and recruiting people is stressful and we, we try not to stress each other out. But it's also sharing, you know, every day, like here's a best practice for me. Here's what's not working for me. Like what have you done to, to figure X issue out? You know, we're definitely not like... Um, I hoard all the secrets. Like we share that that wealth of knowledge, and I think the whole mindset here is like, if you win, I win. Like it's definitely not, um, I'm gonna you know shake you in the parking lot type of type of vibe. And hey, some and not to knock any, I've ever worked at another recruiting firm, but some places are like that. You know, a win here is for everybody. And I think, and I hope people would say that that they feel that too. I'm so glad I got to run into you this afternoon. I really am. You know, just being a female vice president of a, a, a awesome organization, corporation, when you got that role, who was the first person you called? I mean, my mom, Bob. <laughs> and she was like, what? <laughs> um, yeah, our story is like a crazy one with lots of like curves and twists. And, you know, I wouldn't recommend this path to leadership for, for any, everyone. <laughs> Um, but it happened the way it was supposed to happen. Um, and we, we sort of rolled into what we have going, which is a great thing. But um, it, so it sort of happened organically and semi by, by choice, I think. But yeah, I talked to my mom. And she was like, yeah, hell yeah, that's awesome. You got it. And I think the, the feedback from everybody was like, yeah, great. I'll, let's do this together. Um, I mean, I'm not one for titles. Like you could call me the director of Poppies and Rainbows and, or, and that would be fine. Uh, I think titles are super arbitrary, but um, yeah, gets me a nice office, but I'll take that. Yeah, and you <laughs> mentioned, the door. <laughs> you mentioned a crazy path. Can you tell us or share with us the craziest part of that path to get there? Yes. I <laughs> um, we were bought and sold and bought again. And then ultimately uh, my business partner, Brian, um, made a decision to, to buy it um, internally, you know, here. Um, and there was just, it was just a crazy time of, you know, it happened over like a, a month period, um, which if you've talked to anybody who's like purchased a business or, you know, founded a company or something, that's crazy. I mean, luckily there was an amazing foundation and we have incredible customers. Um, but I think just being able to roll with punches and, and, and uh, like punches to the face and the gut simultaneously um, and just kind of getting back up and coming back the next day and just figuring out how to make it work, right? So much of our job, whether it's, you know, finding someone for a client or dealing with this or figuring out like, okay, how are we going to make this our own? You just show up, put a brave game face on and figure it out. Right. All right. Well, what, the, what was Karen's first job ever? I mean, you're a vice president of... TES test staffing now. What was what what started this whole sh shenanigans and this uh, roads of being a vice president? Good God! Uh, my first job ever. I was a waitress at a country club in the town mm -hmm. that I grew up in. Yeah, which I mean, I could talk for years about that. Um, I had some really weird jobs. I worked in collections for a long time. That was brutal, but. I think gave me a, a tough skin, like it's not personal mm -hmm. most of the time. Um, I need to take the punches to the face and the gut at the same time because of the collection. Yeah. 
you're just like, okay, yeah. <laughs> no, no problem. They're like, you care? And I'm like, I didn't, I didn't spend your money. It's you not me. me. <laughs> um, what else did I do? Well, when I was in college, I, um, my most favorite part of my undergrad experience was the sorority I was a part of, and I was a recruitment chair. Um, and I think like the year I was recruitment, I failed like every class, but I like tripled our sorority numbers. Uh, so that's fine. Took it as a win. And yep. then actually one of the women who um, was in my sorority, who's still here and one of my favorite people in the world, said, hey, you know, I work for the staffing company and we need a recruiter. Like, would you consider coming back over or, or like, you know, doing it professionally? Um, and at that time, I, the company I had worked for, which was a very corporate environment, um, I tried to get into the recruitment team and they were like, hey, we don't think you have, you know, the kahunes or, you know, whatever they term it used at the time. And I said, well, I think you're wrong. So it kind of worked perfect at like the right time and took a huge gamble, you know, leaving a very solid, well, stable, I won't call it solid, but stable career to come for a mom and pop organization. Um, and it's one of the best things I've ever done. Without question. Oh, oh. So you've been recruiting for a while, and I always wanted to know. I always love asking people this question, and just in general, like, when do you know someone has the it factor or the the next level? Just by I, I can smell it on people sometimes. I can't okay. explain it. I can't put it into words. So you being a, an absolute professional at this, can can you tip us off a little bit of what tips you off when someone has let's just call it the it factor? Yeah, I think, and I don't know if Amanda would agree, but I think, you know, having done this for 10 years, I can tell in five minutes if someone is or isn't going to fit the bill. And I think it's an energy. I think it's a confidence thing. And I think it's, you know, how people communicate and, and portray themselves. I hope Kevin won't be mad if, if I share this, but I recruited Kevin like seven years ago for a, for a job. Um, and I mean, I feel like, in, or did I hit recruit or did you, Amanda, actually? No, I didn't know that. Okay, but it must have been me. So sorry. Um, but you know, for someone like him, or even like Amanda when she met with us, and you know, the people here, I don't know if I can explain it, but you just can tell. There's like a spark to someone. Um, you really, it doesn't take long to say, okay, yeah. this person's got it. Yeah. Um, and then it's just figuring out, okay, what's the right house for you, right? Like you, you are gonna be a good roommate, but like, where do you need to live? Yeah. It's like a gut feeling. As soon as you, like, if you go in for a handshake and it's like one of those weird handshakes, you're like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> like floppy little paw. <laughs> There's nothing worse than the limp handshake. But no. yeah, to answer your question, um, Tyler, I, I think, you know, immediately. And I think it's just, and I think this is also being a good recruiter is to be like emotionally in tune enough to like, take that in from people because you can feel it right and that has nothing to do with being nervous um but has everything to do with like how someone comes in to an interview and I, I couldn't agree more and I, i'm so glad i got to ask you that question because i think recruitment in all levels is just amazing to me whether it's sports whether it's jobs whether it's for chefs you name it you know i love to see how people pick out talent it's always amazed me and uh I was going to ask you also, what's one thing that your employees might not know about you, Karen? Um, that I can share on this podcast? Um, 
I am a really, really good cook. Ooh, what's your favorite thing to cook? Well, my husband is Mexican, so I'll stay away from like, you know, tacos because that's right. his, his bag. Um, I make a really mean like roasted chicken and root veggies, which sounds so basic. And I guess at the core it is, but um, that's probably my go-to. Um, he also hunts a lot, so I can make game meat taste pretty, pretty special. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I used okay. to play tennis too, which I told them. Um, they're like, "What?" But that's been a lot of fun. Tennis? Yeah. Do I play too? Let me know. Yeah, <laughs> I I might be able to do it. I uh, Tyler hasn't made fun of me yet, but when they asked me to do this, I'm like, I don't know anything about sports, and he's like why do you think that we're going to be talking to these leaders about sports? And I'm like, I don't know. You guys have whistles. Like, I don't know people that have whistles that aren't into sports. And so now <laughs> there's just like a, a back and forth between Tyler, Kevin, and I, where they're just roasting me for not knowing anything about sports. To just be sports people. I was like, you guys are just jocks. I don't know. <laughs> awesome. So I actually have a question. Um, so I know that you you meet with a lot of very high level clients. What is like your pump up? How do you get yourself like in the mindset for me, yeah. listen to Motley Crue yeah. like, on like max volume and just rocking out kind of like Dwight in the office when he uh -huh. goes for sale doing that. That's what I do. Yeah. I'd have to echo that sentiment, but I think for me, it's like Trop Killers or like, um, Biggie or like, uh, that kind of vibe you can get your body crew but <laughs> that's the same thing like and caffeine I mean I just you know right usually when we're when we're going to a client um you know it's not a terribly hard sales pitch like they have a problem and we have tools to solve it but mm -hmm. it's just making sure that like we're asking the right questions we're on the same page with expectations I think there's a lot of people who can say that they're like in staffing but I think recruitment is an art and you know you either have it or you don't. Um, and making sure that you're asking your customers like the right questions and listening to the answers, which sounds so basic, but if you don't know that, then you're gonna waste everybody's time. Um, but I definitely listen to like gangster rap, caffeine up. Cool. Do a double shot of though. Yep, fist pumping, <laughs> getting ready. <laughs> for sure, awesome. for sure. <laughs> Okay, what, what gets you out of bed to, to this day? I mean, you're, you're a vice president of a company. What, what keeps you motivated? Yeah, so that's a twofold. I mean, the people I work with, for sure. Like, not every day is easy, right? But, you know, to come to a place with people like this who work at, for us here at Tess, I mean, they definitely, they definitely keep me motivated. Um, I have a young daughter and, and my husband and, you know, also got to pay bills. So that's a helpful reason to get up. But um yeah, when days are hard, I, I look to my team um, for sure. And they keep me motivated 100%. Awesome. And I also wanted to ask you, I think it's so long when all, everybody always asks people what you do for a living. You know, I'm really not, the older I get, I could care less what someone does for a living. Talk about Borafil shit there. So I was thinking, you know, what was your happiest year of your life and why, Karen? That's what I'm after. What was your happiest year? And why? I mean, I don't want to give you like a basic answer and say the year I, I had my, my child, but we had, you know, a, a tough go of it. And 
she was born super early, whatever. And she's healthy and, and I'm fine and my husband's fine. But I think that year being able to really, you know, take care of this little baby that is something and someone that you wanted for so long and you didn't know if it was going to happen and then it happened and it didn't happen. That was awesome. And I didn't even know if I wanted a child as I was, you know, delivering a child. Like, are we, is this, is this real? Is this happening? But it, it, I mean, I've grown so much in two and a half years and I never, you know, looking back now, like I could be like, oh, that year I went to that concert and got front row seats, but, and I, and I'm not knocking people or shaming people or saying anything about people who don't have children, because obviously you can have an incredibly fulfilling life. Um, but I feel like my, my buckets are, are fuller than I ever expected them to be. And Amanda could probably tell you this. I like hearing myself say this at one point in my life, I probably would have been like, bar for sure i'm pretty sure there's been plenty of times where you and i both said like this is never gonna happen like absolutely not we're gonna be childless forever and then to see you become a mom and you're it's just so freaking sweet (laughs) it puts stuff in perspective and like yeah you know it really just at the end of the day you're like what really matters to me like what keeps me getting up or what keeps me from sleeping, you know, whatever. Um, yeah, just, I don't know. It's really sharpened my edges a little bit and given me some, some good discipline and direction outside of my professional life. I think that's great because a lot of the times when you, like when you meet CEOs, VPs, it's all about what, you know, what they do for a living. And you have to realize that like work is work. What do you do outside of it? Like what, what, why are you doing this? There's got to be a reason. And if it's, you know, for, for your kids or your family or for, because you want to make a lot of money and travel the world, you know, it just depends on what, uh, what's your thing. So well, what's your why, right. And like yeah. getting to the crux of like, why do you do this? Okay. Why, why? Mm-hmm. Like I go through a practice probably quarterly if, or, or if I'm like, why am I, why am I alive? Like, what are we doing? I come back to this. What's my why? And being able to like be honest with yourself and ask yourself those questions and answer them honestly, um, really just, you know, sometimes changes your perspective and you got to kick your own ass sometimes. That's a good way to do it. Yeah. That's awesome, Karen. Well, thanks for sharing that. And I can only assume that mom mode is just awesome. I just second light to that next level. Is it a real thing? Yeah. I mean, look, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm a pretty, uh, transparent person sometimes it sucks but for the most part it's, it's awesome I mean you get to do everything again like when's the I don't know if you have children but when's the last time you like hung out at a splash pad or went down a slide or like got jacked up to eat a cookie like I don't know it just makes things that you forgot that you love so much you get to do them all again that is awesome I do not have kids you know, yet, you're getting me excited about them now well, well, <laughs> Wait to see what Kevin has to say. Give him probably like nine months. He's probably going to be like, oh, I don't know what to do with that. And that's more normal. It's over. Yeah. But once you get through all that, it, it just opens stuff up that, you know, you never expected it to be like. But yeah, some days suck for sure. <laughs> they suck for sure. Well, well, I guess getting back onto the business check a little bit, you know, um, who was one of your mentors growing up? Um, that kind of just like trailblazed the way for you to just see yourself as a VP someday? So that's a really good question. Um, 
And I used to, this is so cheesy. I can't imagine that I'm like sharing this with you. I used to pretend like if I was in Starbucks or somewhere and like seem busy, I would pretend to be on my phone taking like really important calls. So not to like be like, you know, this way about it, but I, I just, I don't know. I sort of like visioned that it would go this way in some capacity without like all the semantics. Uh, but my dad, I mean, he um, was in sales for, for a long time and like commercial HVAC stuff and just had like such a drive. And I don't know, he was a real, I don't know if it was like a VP type of mentorship, but definitely like a work, work ethic and morals and values and like you show up, like you show up every day, even the days you don't want to show up, like that's that. So he was a huge, and still is a huge, huge influence. Um, I played soccer in high school and a little bit in college. And I, I think most of my coaches were like pretty incredible mentors. Um, There's only one female coach along that path. And I mean, she was amazing. Um, so yeah, I guess I would bring it back to my dad and like my, my, coaches from soccer and stuff um and this is also really lame but like I loved Katie Couric like her whole life story and like how she interviewed people and how she like you know was taken super seriously and as a female and in her career I mean she's been like a, a big inspiration mm-hmm. what about now do you have like any mentors or coaches now so I'm part of an amazing group called Entrepreneurs Organization. Um, you know, there's certain criteria, but most of these people in this group are business owners or founding members. You have to do a million dollars in sales to even qualify. Um, and, you know, when I moved into this role, I was like, well, should I go get my MBA? Like, I don't know much about P&L reports or like this, like, what do I do? And I got connected to this group and I'm on my fourth year of membership. And I've learned more from this group of people than... I think any, you know, graduate level course could have given me even, you know, just a couple minutes ago before this call, you know, stuff had gone bad. I texted someone in my group. I was like, what do I do? And, um, you know, she shared her experience. I was like, okay, okay. Like, that's great. And I think having that like peer network, that's, you know, not my business partner, not my husband, not someone who works here, like not my friend, like a group of like-minded entrepreneurs who also have high stakes and, and their field has been invaluable to me I mean I can't say enough about that group because it's hard you know it's hard to um you don't want to take it home with you and I don't know I try to be respectful of like where I bring my work problems and they're awesome and super like I don't know if they would call themselves mentors but they've been invaluable to me that's awesome it sounds like we need to get a million dollars in sales to get in that group I guess so you got it. We have an accelerator program. Actually, just get to 500 and then we'll get you in this. We'll help you go to a million and then yeah. you get to go. small goals. <laughs> That's it. Well, and that was a big part of it. Like you get to this level for me and I'm like, well, what now? Like, what do I do now? And they are amazing at like defining goals and figuring out what it is, business, family, and personally, like, where are you going? Um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'm in my late thirties and I think at this point in life, you get to a point, you're like, well, what am I, like, why, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. Um, take stock, right? And they're really helpful in helping you figure out who you are now, right? Like, I've been grinding professionally for 15 years. Yeah. Kind of, for me, I got to, like, this place. I'm like, well, now what? Like, I still have so much more to give. I don't know what that is or how that looks. And having good mentors and, and people in your corner, I think, uh, have been pivotal for me. 
That's exactly how I learned too, Karen. Like hearing people's experiences. Like I could Google all day long. I could read out of the books all day long. I could YouTube crap all day long. But when like I look into another peer's eyes, like you were saying that necessarily, and maybe even my friend, but I know they've been to hell and back or they've been in my shoes and all they share is that one little experience. You can like feel it in your chest. You know, that's what, that's where I feel like we all grow from. And then having that vulnerability so, like, being where you are, what would you tell a teenage female on how to get to where you are today? Is there any, like, specific advice you give a 13-year-old female going to Rush Henrietta High School? I'm just picking high schools now. I'm not from the area. <laughs> What's that? So that's random, but okay. <laughs> yeah. What would you tell her if she was inquisitive and, and had the courage to ask you, hey, how do I get to be in your shoes someday, Karen? That's a good question. I think for a lot of people especially like kids these days success <laughs> isn't like this right i i feel like we under educate our youth to say okay you do this this and this success is like this right yeah. like sometimes you got to go backwards or two steps to the left or you know go do this for a little while to to figure it out um i think if you chase what your passion is you'll be more successful versus chasing money um, and, you know, I think it's easy to, to say that now, given where I am, but, um, you know, you can always keep chasing cash. It's not going to fulfill your soul, right? So I think if you're a 13-year-old girl at Rush Henrietta High School, um, <laughs> I think you just go out and try everything. Like, go collect money, go babysit, go work at a restaurant, go work on a boat, like, do all the things until you figure out what checks the box for you. Um, one of the best experiences I had personally was living abroad for a semester in college. And like the reason I did that is not important, but someone forced me, not forced me, but really pushed me to do that. And it's, you know, I think it was a defining period of, of my critical early twenties, but I mean, just working outside of your comfort zone and like not being afraid and also like sucking people dry for information. Like you, like, tell me everything about that. Like, why did you do this? What happened then? Then what? And, you know, I think that also is why I'm in the industry that I'm in. I love people's stories, but you know, you got to figure out to come back to that. Why? And how you do that when you're 13, you just go do stuff. Right. And you, and you figure it out. I don't think you're going to get that answer, like sitting behind your phone or your computer or your iPad. Right. Like you got to go live, go live somewhere else, go find a new culture, find people that don't look like you. I think that's important. That's exactly what I did when I moved here from Arkansas. Karen. Yes. I didn't know what a cannoli was. I'm like, you don't know what a cannoli is? You know, and they're like, no, what the hell is a cannoli? You know, they're talking about fried okra, and y'all are like, what the hell is fried okra? You know, I just love the difference, you know, you can learn so much. And, uh, man, I'm all fired up, Karen, sitting in this uh, Pinnacle Athletic Center parking lot outside of my work. And, uh, Amanda, what, what other questions do you have for Karen? Uh, you talked about goals. What are, what's a, a small professional goal, but what's your personal goal in the next couple of years? Well, hey, I think if you asked me this question pre-COVID, it would have been a different story. Um, but you know, now that we're sort of coming out of the survival mode of COVID and we're all saying, okay, you know, 
we got through COVID, now what? It's just making sure that like our internal people here are good and their direction and their goals, I'm helping them with that. And our, our clients and our external employees, like making sure everyone just has a place to work and a check to cash. I think that for me today, right now is, is the most important thing. I mean, eventually, um, you know, we'd like to do more stuff I think from a community engagement standpoint, but you know, we were, it's just such a pity for everybody. You know, we weren't the only people affected by COVID obviously, but we were getting to a place where we're like, okay, we like have all these things that we have to do. Now we can start to do the things we want to do. Mm-hmm. And now we're just kind of back to, it almost feels like a startup again. And that's cool. Like, you know, we're all kind of in the zone. So I guess just like making sure we all get through together on this boat until, you know, we see the shore and I can see it, you know, it's out there. Um, and then personally, I mean, I'm just trying to travel again with my husband, like figure out who we are, you know, with the kid post pandemic, you know, that kind of stuff and yeah. sort of see all the things we haven't been able to see in two and a half years. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Good to hang out with Amanda and have a cocktail again. Okay. <laughs> Woo! Well, what's your favorite place to travel to, Karen? Do you have a... Uh... A spot, or do you are you kind of like me? The you go to a place one time and you're good, and let's go to a somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. I would also be happy to just like get on a plane, and be like, "Ooh, where are we gonna go? Let's see, let's see where we land." Um, I, I mean, I always prefer a beach. Like, I'm not trying to go hike a mountain. Like, no. let me sit, let me sit, yeah. leave me alone. I'll yep. be back in ten days. <laughs> Hiking and camping are not vacations. Those are that is work and i am not here to work i'm here to vacay <laughs> that's right i'll walk to the spa and right back. that's it yeah but that's the extent we grind yeah. every you know the, all the rest of the time yeah. i think that's important too is like knowing when you just need a minute yeah it's hard for me i just go until i hit a brick wall and i'm like what the hell happened to me and then <laughs> I, I try to learn from it but I, I don't learn that way very well i just keep going and uh and I rest on the weekends every now and then, you know, and then I get to the point where I'm like, weekends are boring. You know, I, I love the grind so much. And uh, uh, that's just a little two cents on me, but we really appreciate your time. You spent with us this afternoon, Karen. So now we're going to go into the last segment of the show and we're going to ask you two, oh, two typical interview questions that we get every time we get interviewed at places. So this is my interview question, okay? And I'm going to answer it. Yes, Taylor. I'll try to change my okay. voice, too. So okay. Okay. okay, Tyler. Let's do this. And, uh, thanks for uh, sending in your application here to Time Out with Leaders. Um, if you could be any animal, what would you be and why? What a wonderful question. Thank you for asking. <laughs> if, uh, I'd be a honey badger, man. They're relentless. And they go nuts. You don't see him coming. Mess you up. Um, my question is, if you were a pizza, what part of the pizza would you be? Or what ingredient of the pizza would you be? Cheese, man. Hands down. Cheese. Mm. And if you don't like cheese, you can get out. Right. No lactose here. Nope. Take your lactate. I'm back in 45 minutes. <laughs> some extra cheese fans over here. Well, Karen... Thank you again. I hope you had a good time with us. We learned a few things from you. And uh, again, Amanda Falzone, the MVP of the day, stepping in for the Kevin Rustasy. I got his last name right. New daddy. 
I think his baby's like 12 days old, if I'm counting correct. 2021 Terror, thank you so much. Amanda, thank you so much. Terror, have a good day and see y'all later. Thank you, guys. Bye. Bye.